Satisfied with his work, the tuner replaced the temperament strips and his well-worn extension tuning lever in their velvet case and indulged himself by playing a few minutes of Mozart, a little night music, an ebullient piece that was one of his favourites. Just as he concluded, the crisp sound of clapping palms echoed behind him and he spun around. Twenty feet away stood a man nodding and smiling, stocky, with a flop of brown hair, broad of face. Southern Slavic, the tuner thought. He'd travelled in Yugoslavia many years ago. Lovely. Am I? So beautiful. Do you speak English? The man asked with a thick accent. I do. Are you a performer here? You must be. You are so talented. Me? No. I simply tune pianos. But the tuner must know his way around the keyboard, too. Can I help you, sir? The recital hall is closed. Still, such a passion for music. I could hear it. Have you never desired to perform? The piano tuner didn't particularly care to talk about himself, but he could discuss music all night long. He was, in addition to being perhaps the best piano tuner in Warsaw, if not all of central Poland, an avid collector of recordings and original music manuscripts. If he'd had the means, he would collect instruments too. He had once played a Chopin polonaise at the very keyboard the composer had used. He considered it one of the high points of his life. I used to, but only in my youth, he told the man of his sweep through Eastern Europe with the Warsaw Youth Orchestra, with which he'd been second chair cello. He stared at the man, who in turn was examining the piano. As I say, the hall is closed. But perhaps you're looking for someone? I am, yes. The Slav walked closer and looked down. Ah, a Bosendorfer, one of Germany's great contributions to culture. Oh, yes, the slight man said, caressing the black lacquer and gothic type of the company's name. It's perfection, it truly is. Would you like to try it? Do you play? Not like you. I wouldn't presume to even touch a single key after hearing your performance. You're too kind. You say you're looking for someone. You mean Anna, the French horn student? She was here earlier, but I believe she's left. There's no one else, except the cleaning woman. But I can get a message to anyone in the orchestra or the administration, if you like. The visitor stepped closer yet, and gently brushed a key, true ivory, the piano having been made before the ban. You, sir, he said, are the one I came to see. Me? Do I know you? I saw you earlier today. You did? Where? Uh, I don't recall. You were having lunch at a cafe overlooking that huge building. The fancy one, the biggest one in Warsaw. What is it? The piano tuner gave a laugh. The biggest one in the country. The Palace of Culture and Science. A gift from the Soviets, which, as the joke goes, they gave us in place of our freedom. <laughs> yes, I did have lunch there, but do I know you? The stranger stopped smiling. He looked from the piano into the narrow man's eyes. Like the assault of the sudden vehement chord in Haydn's surprise symphony, fear struck the piano tuner. He picked up his toolkit and rose quickly, then stopped. Oh, he gasped. Behind the stranger he could see two bodies lying on the tile near the front door. Anna, the horn player, and beyond her the cleaning woman. 
Two shadows on the floor surrounded their limp figures, one from the entranceway light, one from their blood. The Slav, not much taller than the piano tuner, but far stronger, took him by the shoulders. Sit, he whispered gently, pushing the man down on the bench, then turning him to face the piano. What do you want? A quaking voice, tears in his eyes. Shh! Shaking with fear, the piano tuner thought madly, What a fool I am! I should have fled the moment the man commented on the Bosendorfer's German ancestry. Anyone with a true understanding of the keyboard knew the instruments are made in Austria. (laughs) 